You may have noticed we skipped episode 13. That's not because we're superstitious. Well, maybe we're a little stitious. Life happened, and the audio wasn't recorded in time. We plan to come back and add the dessert episode for the Backward is Forward series in the near future. Until then, we're starting a new and exciting series on the Sabbath. Today, you'll get to hear from the first of four episodes on the biblical Sabbath. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to contact us at theholetestament at gmail.com. So today we're going to look at the idea of Sabbath. We're going to just take a little, having a little hors d'oeuvre on Sabbath. And I may use the word Shabbat. Shabbat is just the Hebrew word for Sabbath. And we're going to kind of just look at the idea, just a little glimpse of it in the uh, New Testament. And then we'll go back into the Old Testament to see um, what the heart of Sabbath is really intended to be. Um, and it's, it's highly significant and very important in our lives that we really get a hold of the idea of Sabbath and what it means. I'm going to read out of Mark chapter 16, verse one. The, uh, the thing about the Sabbath in the New Testament is that the majority of the passages in the New Testament that deal with Sabbath are either... Um, Paul went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Jesus went on the Sabbath day to the synagogue. So it's just like a passing phrase to let you know, hey, it's the Sabbath and they're in the synagogue or hey, it's the Sabbath. Or it is uh, the Pharisees and the scribes who are kind of coming at Jesus because he is breaking the Sabbath. And so um, there's not a really a lot of good passages that we can really look at the concept of Sabbath. And so we really have to go back into the Old Testament. And this is one of those things where you can't grasp the significance of the Sabbath solely from the New Testament. In fact, if you only use the New Testament, you might actually misunderstand the Sabbath. So Mark 16, 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. If I were to talk about the Sabbath, according to these two verses, we're going to immediately go to verse 1, where it says, When the Sabbath was passed, and Mary and Magdalene married the mother of James, and Siloam bought spices. So we're going to immediately say, Okay, the Sabbath is um, on Saturday, and this is now Sunday, which is a, a more significant day, um, according to our Christian faith, because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. And so here's a passage that is proof of that, or pointing to the fact that we're transitioning from the Sabbath day, because it says when the Sabbath was passed, and now the important thing, it's like that's the past. We're moving forward now to the, to the resurrection of Jesus, and we would move on with that. Here's one of those things that, you know, um, in our introductory thing, Kevin and I were talking about how sometimes things are translated differently, and we kind of miss it because we don't look very deeply into our text. 
in verse 2, it says, um, very early on the first day of the week, when the sun has risen, they went to the tomb. And you wouldn't know it, but the Hebrew word for Sabbath is in that verse as well. The Hebrew word for the Sabbath. Um, if we were to look at the Greek, though it says, a, a more accurate translation might be, very early on one day from Sabbath. Day one of Sabbath uh, would be a better, more of a translation. So it's day one of Sabbath. So why do they translate it the first day of the week? Here's the thing that the Greek mindset is replacing a Hebrew concept and we completely miss it. Whenever you look into Judaism and you start looking at what the rabbis say about Sabbath, they're... The Sabbath is so significant to them that the days are numbered according to the Sabbath. So, one day from Sabbath, two days from Sabbath, five days until Sabbath. That's how they whole reckon their whole life. And if you um, take this journey any further into this, then you will start to see how important it is to prepare and plan and be ready for the Sabbath. So even in our New Testament, even our writer here, Mark, as he's writing, what the phrases he uses, we translated the first day of the week. On the first day of the week... But what we did in doing that was we removed the Hebrew heritage from that passage that should have more likely said the first day after the Sabbath, the first day from Sabbath, day one from Sabbath, so that every single day of the week is connected to Sabbath. So instead of it being a day that replaces Sabbath, it becomes the day that's counted according to Sabbath, which is highly significant. And for me, as um, me and my family have been walking this journey, and in the next few podcasts, we're going to have uh, a couple of guys. We'll, we'll, we'll get together, and they're just going to ask a bunch of questions about the Sabbath, like all the questions that people ask me all the time. I'm going to have them ask them, and we'll, we'll kind of work through them. And, and like, what day of the week is it? When does it start? What, what does it look like? What do you do? What don't you do? Blah, 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 blah. So all those questions. So if you have any questions like that, then you're going to want to get to the, to that podcast. And then we'll also have like a, a time with um, some friends of ours who have just uh, in the last couple of years started rearranging their life around the Sabbath. And we'll talk to them about what it, what was difficult about it, what are the blessings in it, what are the things they really enjoy about it what are some of the what are some of the difficulties in there and so we'll have a few few more podcasts on the the sabbath other than just this one but what i wanted to do um is to go back into the old testament to look at some of this it's just the very beginnings of sabbath so if we turn in our bibles to um genesis Chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. 
And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So every, um, for, for my family, every Friday night, we get together at a big meal and we have homemade bread that my wife makes or my daughters now make. And we have grape juice and wine and we sit down and we have this meal. And the very beginning of the meal starts by saying these three verses. The heavens and the earth were finished in all their array. And God rested on the seventh day. And so we start out the very beginning of Sabbath reading these verses that speak to Sabbath, the, the very first speaking of Sabbath. And it says, God rested on the seventh day. And one thing I like to do is ask my kids questions um, as we go through the meal. And, and there's usually, you know, like a set list of questions. Like they'll, now they'll start answering the question before I even ask it. So sometimes I have to mix up the questions or throw in one that I've never asked and stump them and they'll all stare at me like, I don't know the answer to this one. So I'll ask this question, was God tired? Because on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. Was God tired? It wasn't until just recently that I had like a good answer for this question because it was always like, no, God wasn't tired. Then why did he rest? And then everybody says, well, because to set an example or why, so why did he rest? If you were to think about it, was God tired? No, obviously God doesn't get tired. So then why did God rest? And I just recently, in studying this, found the answer to that question. See, the answer is that we translate this word, he rested on the seventh day from all his work. But it's not, the word is not rested. The word is, he Sabbathed on the Sabbath day, the seventh day. He Sabbathed. So if you were to look at the Hebrew, the word is Shabbat. He Shabbat. Now the word Shabbat is a completely different word than the word rest, which the word rest is the word nuach. Nuach means to rest. Shabbat, on the other hand, means to cease. It means to stop, cease. So if we were to look at that passage in Genesis, it doesn't say on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day. It says God finished his work that he had done and he ceased on the seventh day from all his work. He stopped. He ceased. And he sets an example for us. God wasn't tired. The Sabbath day isn't about refreshing our body. However, when we stop, our body will become more refreshed. But the Sabbath day is about stopping, stopping. And when we stop, when we stop like our work, like trying to make money, trying to fix our house up, trying to take care of our yard, trying to take care of our chores, trying to get all our shopping done. When we stop like the life, like we have six days where we're like cramming all this stuff in 
and we're busy and we're focused, it really like it really keeps our minds focused on the physical, the tangible, the things of this earth. And God wants us to say, you know what? I spent six days working on the physical creation, and on the seventh day, I stopped. I just stopped, and I allowed myself to just enjoy the creation, to just enjoy the moment. And so God sets an example in Genesis for us that says, hey, you know what? If it's up to you, you're going to constantly be striving and working toward more. And he says, I want you to take one day to stop. Stop. And realize you are not simply a physical creature. In fact, you are not so much physical as you are spiritual. We are first spiritual creatures. The physical is going to get old and gross and die and decay. But the spiritual, that's who we really are. And on the seventh day is the day for me to say, I am not a slave to the physical. Remember the seventh day, the Sabbath day, the ceasing day to cease. The first thing in, in the entirety of Scripture, the very first thing that is designated as holy is the Sabbath day. It's not the presence of God like the Spirit of God was hovering over the water, not called holy. The, the creation, humanity, none of these things are called holy. You have to get all the way into the book of Exodus before you see this even this word used again. God blessed the seventh day and called it holy. Holy. It's not very often that we think of a day as holy. You know, in our modern minds, we think Sabbath is like a rest. We've translated it rest. And so we're going to say, okay, I'm going to take a Sabbath on Tuesday. It's my day off. So that's the day I'm going to rest and I'm going to call it Sabbath. Well, it can be a day of rest. It can be your day where you get refreshed and you can spend the day worshiping God and focused on Him, and that's amazing. And if that's what you get to do, then that is great. But it's not the Sabbath day because the Sabbath day is a specific day that God set aside and called holy. This day is holy. What's the next thing? The very next thing that's called holy. The ground. The ground is holy. So in Exodus, we find Moses, right? And he's walking the sheep and he gets up into the mountain looking for the sheep and he comes across the burning bush and there's the presence of God. It's one of my absolute favorite scenes in in any movie that I've seen, um, especially a spiritual movie. Uh, You've got, it's the cartoon one of the Prince of Egypt and, and Moses comes up there and there's the burning bush and you hear the voice of God, Moses, Take off your shoes, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. He calls the ground holy. And when he says that, there's like ripples on the ground, and even the rocks, like the little pebbles that are on the ground, roll back away, right? And so I I just love that scene. And as we were talking with the kids, I was just thinking about it and just the holy ground. And up till that point, I had always thought, 
like I read that as far as like, okay, this guy's a shepherd, and so his shoes are going to be dirty, right? He's walking around with sheep. They just go to the bathroom wherever they want. So he's he's walking around with these animals, and so his shoes are going to be filthy. And so God's like, remove the filthy shoes so that you can walk into my presence. And that's how I kind of i have always thought about it. I don't know if any of you have ever worn sandals or your kids wear sandals, and they're running around in the yard. When they come inside and they take their shoes off, their feet are filthy. They're filthy. It's not like the sandals protect your feet from all the junk and all the dirt. So as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, you know what? Maybe the reason God says take off your shoes is because the only thing then separating Moses from the holiness of the place was his sandals. See, God says the place where my presence is, where my spirit is, causes that place to be holy causes that ground that he's going to stand on to be holy. And if you're going to truly experience the presence of God, you have to remove whatever it is that is separating you from the holiness. So God says, Moses, take off your sandals. God says, this day, the seventh day, is holy. What makes the day holy is the significance of God's presence. That he says, I'm putting my name, my presence onto this specific day. It is holy. And what Shabbat does for us, Jesus says, the Man is not for the Shabbat. The Shabbat is for the man. Man isn't for Sabbath. Sabbath is for man, not the other way around. The Sabbath was created for us to be able to say, okay, in the midst of my chaos, in the midst of the all the struggles, all the things that are going on in my life, the busyness of my life, I can stop on one day and say, I'm no longer a slave to the things that own me. I'm a spiritual creature, and I'm going to remove anything that is going to separate me from His holiness. So God is calling us to be, ah, man, the beauty, the beauty of the Shabbat is God calling us, hey, step into my holiness, the holiness of a day that I have created specifically for you to just rest, to stop the chaos and just rest in my presence. Heavenly Father, I just pray that in this moment you would be with these individuals who are listening and that your spirit, I know that you are so serious about your Sabbath day that the blessing that you want to give to each of these individuals. And so I just pray, God, that you would just overwhelm them in this moment with your presence and that you would begin to pinpoint those shoes that need to be removed and that you would you would just call them in a deep way to come and experience the true rest that comes in stopping. In your name we pray, amen.
Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. If you liked what you heard, please tell anyone you think might enjoy listening to look for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find all of our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. On our next episode, this will be an entree with Dave, Kevin, and Fred asking all the common questions about Shabbat. We'll see you next time.